Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Bobcast. We do, as always, is Bob, live in the lounge, staring at the Ouija board. It's been a hot minute since the last podcast. The last time I spoke with you was for Top of the World Part 5. We're back here in the lounge to announce that on 9-15-17, September the 15th, we're going to have the Top of the World Part 6 with the world's largest bill. There's never been a bill this big. Ten bands. Ten acts. Excuse me. Here we go. From the top, we got You Do You. I used to be in a band with Aaron Buchkowski called Ditto Demi. He's the drummer of this band now. Funky, funky, funky. I think it's an eight-piece eight horns. They're going to be rocking you. We have the debut performance of Slow Voice, uh, Friends from High School, up there on the roof. Judah Kim and the Assassination, my, my band, will be performing as well. Uh, a funky trio called Something Divine. And then we got performances from Jamie and the Guarded Heart and Erica Corbo. And a special performance from John Fay from Ike. And uh, something new this year, upstairs in that like little TV area, I'm going to have a DJ lounge with performances by Art Cubic, Shady Monk, and Shocker on the ones and twos. So definitely uh, mark your calendars. It's, uh, I guess it's always like it marks the end of summer in a way for some people. They get upset that the pools are closing and there's no more water ice, there's no more ice cream. Their lives are going to become a depressing mess like the leaves that fall from the tree crackle and dry into nothing. But before that happens, come up there on the roof and have a good time with us. Uh, with that being said, here in the lounge today, we've got two special guests. Uh, the lead singer of Judah Kim, The Assassination, Judah Kim, and my brother, back from Los Angeles, here in the lounge. Fellas, how are you today? Doing great, Bob. Doing good. Doing good. So, uh, I guess what we should start talking about, I mean, people long for pop culture, long for uh, movie reviews here on the podcast. Um, I've always been a critical fan of um, comic book movie adaptations. Um, last summer, um, the longest podcast in history here on the podcast was the Batman vs. Superman just total, you know, I was just disgusted after that film. I felt like I, I never wanted to watch another superhero film again. Um, a film came out recently that all three of us have seen, so we're going to do like a mini review on it. Um, I guess Sony Pictures, they put out uh, three Sam Raimi films of Spider-Man, then Sony rebooted it with Andrew Garfield, did two. The Amazing Spider-Man with Jamie Foxx completely ruined the franchise. Even though Gwen Stacy was great, Andrew Garfield was great, but he was too pretty to be Peter Parker. He looked too good. His hair was too perfect. And then for a while, nobody thought that there would be a Spider-Man. And somehow, someway, magically, the Marvel Universe attained the rights to Spider-Man, working side-by-side with Sony to bring us Tom Holland's version of the character. And the result was in Civil War. We saw him um, jump into the frame and uh, take Cap's shield from him. And then we were told at the end of that film that a Spider-Man film would be coming soon. And the film was Homecoming. I guess I'll start with Sam. Sam, how did you feel, you know, watching this film? Like, I, I, I like comic book movies, but I'm not a huge fan of comic books. But despite saying that, I really enjoyed it from start to finish. I felt enthralled. It was it was unpredictable, and um, yeah, I did eat all my pretzel bites before the movie began. Before the movie began? Yeah. Did you get there early? That was my only regret. That's the worst, right? (laughs) They're gone. (laughs) You eat everything that you've purchased. (laughs) I think it's the ice cream. I mean, there's got to be a way to, like, keep your ice cream cool. Wait, they got ice creams in movie theaters? Yeah. yeah, Do they really? Of course they do. But, like, if you don't eat it, then then if you don't eat it before the movie starts, it gets all melted. Yeah, you're screwed. (laughs) Yeah. Well, what did you think, Judith, of the film? Well, see... 
there's a hipster that lives inside me that like um, always wants to like not like stuff because mm-hmm. people like say it's awesome. Um, but when, when I watched it, I thought it was great, and um, I, I I don't compare it to the other Spider-Man films. I guess it's because I haven't I haven't seen all the other Spider-Man films. I've seen the Tobey Maguire ones, but what I will say is that as far as I, I compare it to just the the history of Marvel films for me, um, it was Iron, when Iron Man came out. That was that was probably that was awesome. That was a great experience. I, I remember seeing it in a, in a theater full of people and mm-hmm. just a great performance by Robert Downey Jr. And uh, he set sort of the archetype kind of male uh, character. Um, you know, very just a brilliant guy, but also he learns he he learns through humility how to become a superhero, and mm-hmm. that's that was kind of just the basic story. And then we saw a similar kind of story with Thor, and then. Again, with mm-hmm. with Deadpool in that, like, it's the same kind of, like, very, the archetype male, sort of funny, witty, cocky. Um, Doctor Strange I, is the same way, too. Exactly, which is mm-hmm. what I was going to get to next. And by Doctor Strange, I was kind of over it, over that, seeing that type of, of male character drive a film. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, come on, Hollywood, you can do better than that. So watching Peter Parker, this younger kid who was, you know, sort of insecure... And doubting himself a lot was refreshing, um, and I think it's relatable too. I think more more often than not, um, men go through a lot of that insecurity, and they don't um, openly admit it. Yeah, this Peter was definitely like he, I love the fact that he just wasn't good yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he, I mean, he didn't know how to. He didn't know the extent of his powers. There's no spider sense in this yet. Um, he's still trying out web fluid, and the high school stuff I thought was great. I mean, like to put him in high school and actually have him look like he's in high school. I mean, I think the Andrew Garfield version, they were in high school, but it's just, they look like 30-year-old men. His voice was real high, too. Yeah, Tom Holland's just, I mean, first off, he's British. A lot of people get pissed off that, you know, British actors are portraying these superheroes from New York City. That doesn't bother me one bit. There's so many. But what you said, though, definitely, um, it made me think of something. Like, so, like, okay, Stan Lee created all these characters, right? I mean, some of them. Some of them were Jack Kirby, but predominantly Stan Lee um, created these, uh, the archetype of these characters, the Tony Starks, Thor and stuff like that. And the funny thing is, is that when I um, met Stanley, well, I, actually, I didn't meet him. I was I, I sat on a comic panel, and um, they asked pe- people to come up and ask questions to Stanley. So I waited in line. I was a little nervous. I got to the microphone. Like I asked him, I was like, "So, you're 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 known for creating such amazing characters as Peter Parker, Bruce Banner, The Incredible Hulk, Spider Man." But what about the secondary characters like Rick Jones and like the sidekicks? You know, like. I think I said secondary, and like he said something to me like, "Well, first off, I never knew that I created secondary characters. I thought all my characters are great, and like that is Stanley, and that is the characters that he created. But when he created Spider-Man, I think that he he made something that everybody could relate to." Sam, what was your um, like within the first fifteen minutes of the movie? What do you recall like being like one of your favorite moments? Um. I would just say, like, the level of desperation out of Peter Parker wanting to do good and and mm-hmm. fight crime, but he just kind of... He wasn't a superhero at the beginning of the film. I feel like they took a less traditional route, like, where he didn't have... We didn't really see the spider bite him or him become Spider-Man. And I thought that was a good choice because we've seen that so many times already. Like, I'm I surprised was, that they didn't do it. It was just good that you already entered the movie knowing he was Spider-Man and 
it didn't bore me or I didn't think it was predictable. Yeah, I didn't miss I didn't miss that scene. Nah, I, we've seen it so many times. I did love the YouTube stuff though. Spider Man on YouTube, like when he's filming that video, like in the beginning of Civil War. Uh, and then like Tony Tony's in the video at the end yeah. and he's like that great reveal where the camera pulls back and then you're there present but he like yeah. says something about Aunt May something about <laughs> Aunt May being hot and like in the first 15 minutes they actually talk about how hot like the remember when Peter goes to get the sandwich after mm-hmm. school and he's speaking in uh, Spanish and then Peter speaks in Spanish asking about his daughter mm-hmm. I love that stuff I love that Peter Parker moments you know yeah but um definitely I, I just, I mean, like, there's so many things about the film that are very similar to the comics, but a lot of things are different, and to me, I welcome those those changes. I, I love the fact that the, the cast, the traditional all-white cast of Spider-Man was, like, multi... There was a lot of different, like, cultures out there, you know what I mean? Like, Flash in the books is six-foot-two, blonde, sports, mm. you know, all-around, you know, jock. And this one, he's, like, you know, he's still in the... What's the club? What's their club? The, the debate club. He's still in the debate club, but he's you know he's cocky. He calls him Penis Parker, and that's like what a bully would be like today. And then the other thing too is really cool is Ned, Peter's best friend, who wants yeah. to build a Death Star. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Did you guys know? I guess you probably don't know this, but Ned in the comic books, when he grows up, he becomes the Hobgoblin. I didn't know that. Yeah. That would be pretty cool to actually see Ned on a glider. So like that Hobgoblin would, is like the cool. like yeah. all the like Green Goblin was like a mechanical thing. The yeah. Hobgoblin makes a deal with the devil, and becomes like oh. another version where he throws like fiery pumpkins and stuff like that. Yeah, that mm-hmm. would be that would be cool to, to watch. Happen see Ned do that. Yeah. What yeah. would happen to this version of Ned though to make him go that dark route? He could lose somebody or well, just jealousy of not being in the limelight. Hmm. Like his like his friend. I love when Ned's like, I want to be the man in the chair to help you, Peter. One thing about Ned is I didn't realize at the very end when he shoots the web to save Peter Parker, I didn't realize that other people could use the web. I didn't realize it was like a device in mm. in his hand. So how does that device work? Sam Raimi uh, changed it. When he did the 2001 Spider-Man, Spider-Man's webs were organic they were built into his arms but in the books Spider-Man does create his own web fluid yeah that's what I thought it was he mm-hmm. has like a canister or something but uh, so many different changes I mean like a lot of people I guess like online were given like a lot of shit about um, Peter's suit having an artificial intelligence inside it who actually if you don't know this or not is uh, Jennifer Conley's voice who is Paul Bentney's wife who also plays the Vision so it's a kind of a weird connection there that yeah Vision's wife is Peter's AI voice. All right. But I love that. I love that. The web shooters and the various types of... I do too. And I, and I think a lot of those like online reviews are like the super fans who like are just so obsessed with having the, the movies must stay true to the, the comic books. Mm-hmm. But I, I like you know what you're saying. It's just like these these new different twists of the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like even, even the person that they get is Mary Jane um, is, is not like a, a red-headed white girl you know mm-hmm. yeah and she's funny too she's yeah. like whimsical has like good jokes yeah. um I, I guess too the thing that, that one of the things that Marvel has struggled with since the beginning of their uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe is nobody really remembers um um the first villain that like people recall is Loki not the villain that Jeff Bridges played in Iron Man he wasn't really that remember memorable and they've always had like per, like antagonists like in Doctor Strange 
Like, what does that guy do except run around with the weird shit around his mm-hmm. eyes? We don't really care. But Michael Keaton, right. I thought, was great in this. I love that beginning scene, awesome. too, where, like, they're using... Because in the books, the vulture is vastly different. I mean, he's not using alien technology to create these things, but, like... What's great about that, the, the way they developed him, too, is that they started off with a really relatable person. You know, this, this hardworking guy... Um, you know, he works construction. It looks like he's a contractor, mm-hmm. and he's got. He wants to provide for his family. Um, and, and then Tony takes is, it away. Well, yeah, but I mean, his job is like literally seized by the government. You know, they just say you can't do this, and you can't feed his family. So, out of like some sort of um, desperation, he he becomes a thief, and I think that was pretty cool because you you it's it creates ambivalence. Like you you kind of like all right, I kind of like sympathize with this guy, yeah. but then he's doing all this bad shit, you know. And then, you, and then it comes back again once you realize that he's the father of Peter's love interest. I know, spoilers out there if you haven't seen the film. But still, though, <laughs> how great was that scene, though? Cool. We can skip ahead. That's we can awesome. go all around the movie you want. In the car, yeah. Were you surprised, Sam, when uh, I was surprised. Peter answered the door? I didn't when? see that coming. Yeah, my yeah. whole movie theater was packed, and the whole theater was like, <gasps> <laughs> and I love that feeling when you're sitting there in a crowded movie theater, and too. everybody's I, I just like right there, you know? Right there with you, right there with the emotion. I was just when he accidentally incinerated his henchman. Oh yeah, because I guess I he picked up a weapon, thinking it was gonna like just blast him or something, push him away. But then I wonder that must have not been the first time he's ever killed someone. He yeah. didn't seem. He didn't seem like it bothered him too. Yeah, much. he didn't have Pretty any empathy about it. Just, yeah. He was trying to pick up the anti gravitational device, right? That's the whole like you know prop placement of like Act Three climax, like what he uses to get into the. The shield ship, yeah. Who conveniently is not operated by anybody. It's remote controls, so nobody dies. And keep it PG thirteen. It's funny how those things happen. I think there was another scene too, where like a. I forget now. It's a different movie, but um, what was he gonna say about Michael Keaton? Just his whole his whole. I mean, he's been Birdman, he's Batman, but with the Vulture, like he brings something new to the table, and it's just like you know you could relate to him. What's his daughter's name? I forget. Is Liz. Liz. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't see that coming at all. And that, I think, you know, there's a lot of great action sequences in that film. But for me, I think my favorite scene was the car sequence mm-hmm. where the vulture figures it out. Yeah, it was, it yeah. was great. It was, for me, like, when, if a movie is as long as Spider Man was, if it's not, like, interesting or something doesn't come up at, at a certain point, then it just starts to drag on. But when I, but that, like, it happened right at the, at the right moment, I think, Michael Keaton, mm-hmm. Michael Keaton being um, the father, you know, it just, because it was starting to get, like, okay, and then boom, and then it just takes you, takes, it raises your interest again, you know, which is, um, which adds another layer to the movie. You know? What part of the script was that, Sam? Was that Dark Knight of the Soul, or was that just the, the reveal, the twist? I think that was, like, pushed into Act 3. Yeah, so I think the, the Dark Knight was yeah. Tony Stark taking his suit away. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was great, too. And making him feel like he was inadequate. Yeah, he's like, I have no clothes. And they gives him that, like, double XL, terrible Staten Island fairy shirt. Yeah. Apparently, the real Staten Island ferry now only just takes people to and fro. It doesn't transport cars no more because of security concerns, but... Props to the guy that directed the film. If you want to check out something great, the thing that's crazy too is that the fact that this guy John Watts, young director, he's only made one other film. It's Cop Car. And so with Kevin Bacon, two kids find a cop car in the middle of the woods, and it's the story of like how that cop car got there and how it twists them into the plot. I don't want to reveal it, but Marvel must have saw this movie and was like, man, they, he really knows how to like get kids to like get really good performances. Yeah. And they came up with this. But touching upon what you said, like you know when something happens and. You know, it makes the movie more exciting and like dragging on. 
let's talk real quickly about how vastly different Spider-Man and Wonder Woman are. And the thing about Wonder Woman is everyone's raving about it right now. I yeah. didn't love it. I didn't. I didn't either. Uh, for the same reason, I just thought it was too long. I didn't. I didn't. I thought it dilly dallied more than, uh, for lack of a better term. Yeah, I thought it dilly dallied more than Spider Man. You know, I just. It, I liked it, her though, but it's hard, she's cool in it. But like it's that the plot. What do you think, Sam? I thought it was more predictable than Spider Man. Yeah. Like first twenty minutes, it's like okay, well we know she's gonna become Wonder Woman. Like. There was nothing really to carry me through until the moment where they even left the island. It was uh, visually, it was cool to watch, mm-hmm. but story wise, there was no surprises up until. I don't think there was any surprises, Ares. and then then by that surprise, I d- I was like, who is that guy that was posing as Ares? I don't even remember him. Yeah, he showed up at the bar. I've got some money for you to go on your expedition. I have lightning bolts that shoot at my ass. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I don't know. Just, I mean, I don't know. And it's crazy, too, because it's breaking all sorts of records right now. It's holding up better than any other uh, DC or Marvel film, I believe. Like, and I mean, I think she's great in it, but I just think that it suffers from that same predictability. And, like, also, too, I mean, like, while we're at it, why the hell did Trevor blow himself up in the ending? You know what I mean? You just hooked yeah. up with Wonder Woman, mm-hmm. the greatest superhero on the planet and you decide to blow yourself up and why didn't that gas fall to earth and kill everybody yeah that didn't make any sense land a plane in the woods hide it put some leaves on it don't blow yourself up Trevor I just I I thought the whole time too that there might have been a reveal because he was a pilot that he might be the Green Lantern Uh, in the books the Green Lantern flies a plane I just I don't know something about that film I, I don't want to go back and watch that really no yeah, I know that it means a lot to to women, though, generally. And hey, no disrespect towards women in general, but you know what I mean. Like, it, it might be well, a different experience for them too, watching that film versus you know versus us. Just throwing it out there. I mean, I liked I, the, the, like I was saying to Sam, like I really like when she arrives to Paris. And she's like, it's so dirty. Like I thought that that whole sequence was really fun. And the thing that sucks about it is like that type of fun is now gone because in the present day she's not that person no more she's jaded she knows the world sucks superman's dead her and bruce wayne are trying to figure out how to like stop uh steppenwolf from coming who's part of dark seed i don't know i uh, it's just night and day i mean i liked her performance in it but like that whole third act it's just also too something about always like the finales being in the dark you know what i mean yeah so t- sick and tired of cgi i mean even though spider-man was on that plane Spider-Man fights uh, Vulture on, like trying to stop like the new shields and stuff like or Captain America's new shield but I mean I think aside from Wonder Woman herself like I didn't really care about any of the other characters or the antagonists like the reveal of Ares like going back to that That's that true. character that played Ares like I still don't know what he was about mm-hmm. or who he was or didn't have any connection to him so I don't know I did like the stuff on the island, but I didn't really enjoy the young Wonder Woman girl. I thought she was, like, over the top. When she, like, we run around and, like... And it didn't make any sense. Like, we know that Wonder... We know that Diana is is destined to... Like, we know she's part of Zeus being a god, but we don't want her to train. Like, it's... Come on. And they killed um, Claire Underwood right away, and, you know, I didn't like that. Yeah. She was, like, cool character. But I, you know... 
I hope that you know they can. I hope that they continue to make Wonder Woman movies. I heard that the sequel is going to take place in the nineteen eighties, which, which could be cool. Hmm. But Spider Man for me was definitely. I, I went into it thinking like, oh, man, is, I hope this is good. You know, yeah, th- I love it. Go back to Spider Man. The thing that I did that kind of could have been better, I think, is was the was the way it wrapped up. I wasn't like so he goes to become an official oh, yeah. you know member mm-hmm. or whatever and Tony Stark brings him you know shows him the suit and everything and then he just like walks away like so what's gonna happen there exactly it didn't leave me with like oh now this is gonna happen you know like you know thinking it didn't like stir my imagination in the right way hmm. it didn't trigger it like saying oh snap now this is gonna happen now I'm just like wait what is gonna, you know what what's gonna happen in a, in a kind of um unsatisfied way in the MCU right so Mm -hmm. the next film that comes out is uh, Thor Ragnarok then Black Mm -hmm. Panther I believe Mm -hmm. but Spider-Man is going to fight in the Infinity War which is they're filming right now and apparently they just released footage of it and every single character in the Marvel Universe is fighting Thanos and I think Thanos actually they said that he looks pretty cool like uh, Josh Brolin performing him but that ending though yeah that ending thinking about that ending too like also does Tony get engaged right there because Happy's been oh. walking around with the ring remember that I beat I yeah it was, it was but apparently in Affinity War he does wear that suit Easter eggs for uh, Spider-Man 2 is the Donald Glover character is uh, I believe related to Miles Morales who in the Marvel Universe is um, the other Spider-Man uh, he's half Hispanic, half African American, and he lives in a different universe. But somehow or another, those universes come together. So Donald Glover is in fact talking about his nephew in in that one car scene, which also had that great thing where uh, Spider Man's using the interrogation mode in his suit and he's using that voice. Oh yeah, he's like, "You've never done this before, have you?" <laughs> like, that was great. Yeah, but yeah, the suit was fun. The suit was fun, and I, I'm glad they they brought it in. It was, Didn't Ned put the mask awesome. on once? What? Ned did wear the mask right once, like. Yeah, Didn't he, can, he like, save the, the day with... He saved the day with the web, right? Or, oh, yeah, the web. Yeah, yeah, when they were just, like, messing around in his room, he, like, wakes up from a nap with the... Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, def- definitely... That's That stirred my imagination a lot. Like, okay, so he's got different webs and, like, what else Yeah, is that's there? pretty cool. They're going to make a really cool video game with that watch. I think it's hard for them to make... But I think there was a yeah. Spider-Man video game that came out on PlayStation that was really good. But it's hard for people to... I think video game... Well, the Batman Arkham Knight games, but... I want to get back into gaming so much, but I can't. I can't be playing games here yet. Tyler, take that PlayStation Four and break it right away. You <laughs> pick it out from the wall. But um, yeah, I was pleasantly. Um, I was happy after I left Spider Man. I was like, wow, that just felt so like fun. Yeah, it was a good film. And uh, <laughs> I mean, spoilers. I mean, the ending too. The the last scene. You know, like I don't think Aunt May has ever realized that Peter. Is Spider Man in the in the movies and the books? I think it happens towards the late thousands, but really, I think that that's a cool thing because it gets old after a while of being like, I'm sneaking out. Mm-hmm. I'm, you know. So they didn't talk about his. They didn't like do the the spider bite scene. They didn't do the Uncle Ben dying mm-hmm. scene. So did they? Did did I miss them? Did they talk about that at all? Or? They did allude to it. Peter says to uh, Ned, "She's been through too much." Okay. But they don't talk about who Uncle Ben is. In Civil War, I forget. Like, how did they even introduce Spider-Man? Um, Tony needs more help, so yeah. he en- he enlists. T- 
Tony needs more help, so his first response is to go find a 17-year-old kid in Queens who's got superpowers because he got bit by a radioactive spider. And then like, he pretends that, that Peter is in his... Um, uh, what do you call it? Scholarship or something like that. Like yeah. he's the grant for like technology or something. Might have been the best part of that film. That was good. <laughs> it's hard, actually I watched that recently, and the, the the rest of the movie is very forgettable except for the Spider-Man yeah. sequence, you know. Mm-hmm. And that air the airport battle. I mean, I don't know. Still to this day, I just don't think that they would fight. Like I get it why they're fighting. I heard Captain America is not Captain America no more. Mm-hmm. Calls himself mm-hmm. Nomad in this new movie. Oh okay. Because he doesn't identify with what America's standards are, I guess. But um, I think that eventually they're just going to... I mean, like, everyone's going to get old and they're going to have to reboot the whole thing. But I think that some characters may die, maybe not. But, I mean, like, how long do you guys see Robert Downey Jr. being Iron Man for? I thought he teased... He um, decided to quit, I think, at some point. Did I hear something like... He got the right amount of money. doing Iron Man? Oh, in the books there is... It's a girl now. Okay. Mm -hmm. Marvel might have got ready for it, but I think the books are... The books play off the movies a little bit, but there's so much different stuff. Like, right now in the books, Incredible Hulk's been dead for a long time, and Marvel's comic books aren't nowhere near as good as DC, but it's the exact reverse in the movie cinematic world. Like, Marvel's yeah. superior, and DC's, like, still struggling to get to the top. Did you see Suicide Squad? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you saw it with me, yeah. Mm-hmm. Looking back, did you ever watch it again? No. Yeah. I, I thought Margot Robbie was the best part. The second time around, you're just like, oh my god, this is just... I haven't seen it because the people have just been saying it's so bad. You know, we've been talking about in our scripts, too, like I, a, like females like being like... like the females need to be like strong and stuff like that, but in that film, the female villain, the enchantress, can't do the job alone. She needs to go get her brother's help. Like, yeah, the brother didn't need help to be in that man. Mm. No, it made her seem less threatening. Yeah, which is just like that whole... I think that's why Wonder Woman is connecting with audiences, you know? It's kind of weird, though, that Wonder Woman received such higher reviews than Suicide Squad, because in my mind, those movies were on the same... Like, outside of doing something new where you have a female main character that doesn't listen to men telling her the wrong thing and she's Mm -hmm. taking control, I feel like that was the only reason why the movie was successful. Something about I that nomad scene too. I'm sorry. You know when she like when she finally like we have to help. You know, like oh, when, she, the when she stands up on the bar- like when she's walking towards him, she's like, like I'm right now for the people who can't see what I'm doing, I'm doing dramatic slow motion with my hands. It just didn't look. Is that called the boost? I don't know what that is, but it, that that's it. Just and then <laughs> like later when she gets past no man's land and then she's in that small town and she's kicking ass, moving really fast. Mm-hmm. I thought that that was like consistent, but like. I read a lot of reviews that like people were bawling their eyes out when she gets up on the nomad field. What? Yeah, when she gets up there and uh, you know she blocks the bullets and stuff. Yeah, they're like, oh, it's so much. Like I, I didn't find no any emotion in that part. I just kept thinking about why is Steve Trevor blowing his ass up in that plane, dude. Like it made no sense, and the way he does it too, where he's like this, like with the gun. Like, oh, I think the not to get too technical, but most of that dialogue was her. Saying too much, like we gotta, we gotta help the people. We gotta save the people. Like, just do it, and then we'll feel the emotion more. But I guess not everyone would feel that way. Like, I thought it was just too. What's the word? Melodramatic. Yeah. 
Are we going to get a lot of people upset with this right now in the Bobcast Nation? <laughs> no, because she's great. Wonder she Woman was great. She was great. great. Yeah, I thought. I mean, her acting was really on point. She definitely had elements of Christopher Reeve. I felt like when I first saw Superman, the original one, because you want you want her to do well, and you know what I mean. There's actually a scene in Superman that's um, when she's in that alleyway and she's wearing the hat and like the raincoat. That's a, almost the exact same scene in Superman, where Superman jumps in front of Lois Lane. To stop a mm-hmm. bullet, but I mean, I hopefully Wonder Woman two is great, and you know what? Trim 20, 20, 20 to thirty minutes off of it. You know what I mean? Spider Man actually was two hours and f- thirteen minutes long, and I think Wonder Woman was two hours and twenty six mo- minutes long. Yeah, See, that's that, only what difference of a couple minutes, but it felt vastly yeah, different watching. That just, it. that just like stirs up something in me that just. So I think Wonder Woman means a lot to to women, and I think it's um, you know more than ever now is the is is was the right time to have like a, a female protagonist in a, in a film, and and comparing like Suicide Squad to Wonder Woman. Um, Are you saying think, that the reason why you think that Wonder Woman's time is now is because our president of the United States well, likes to refer to women as pigs? There's there's all kinds of things because I mean because. When I think of other movies that have a strong female protagonist, um, the one thing that comes is Kill Bill, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's two long movies, but it's a, they're great films. Mm-hmm. I, love, I love Kill Bill and what he did with Lena Thurman. But I think, um, I, I think it, it might... It was two things. I don't think it's the feminist movement is, 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 is very powerful right now. Um, a lot more so than it was back then, but also that you know, Kill Bill is also very ultra violent too. Mm-hmm. So I think that that could do um, that might have something to do with it. But these are all just um, thoughts here. I don't know what's going through the, Kill Bill uh, was, the minds of women. I never. I, I love that scene where she's buried alive. And she's oh, got to yeah. do the five finger death punch to get out. Yeah. Like that. That mm-hmm. was just like being buried alive. I mean, what, what's next though? Other strong. Fem- um, have you guys ever seen? Um, oh, what's that movie? The guy who did Valerian. The last movie he did with uh, Scarlett Johansson, Lucy. Have you guys ever seen Lucy? Oh, I didn't like Lucy. That she was like, was she strong female particularly? She was like a drug mule. That okay. That so that one's not good an example. <laughs> so, let's try to think. What else? Yeah. Kill Bill. It was. It maybe was, this is the reason why it's taking off. Yeah, but this might anger people. But the ending of Wonder Woman. Spoiler alert. She's ready to let the whole human race die, and the only reason why she chooses to save us is because of a man, because of her love for a man. I get they're saying that, oh, love is what makes the human race worth saving. That's right, she, like, gives up, right? She's but like, she's ready to kill us all, and, but then she's thinking about Chris Pine's penis. Yeah, how about when... And then but, she says, oh, oh like, humans are, you, are good. There was that one line when she was like, uh, are you a traditional... Example of a male from the. Oh, yeah. What does he say? He says uh, above normal, above average, or something like that. Yeah, he was. Yeah, offended. There was a funny scene. I can't remember any of the dialogue when they're on the boat ride over, and she's like, "You can come sleep next to me or something." And like, I don't know. See, that's just the thing is, I don't usually I can remember like you know, but Wonder Woman. I hope they get it right again. You know, I mean, to me, I, I was happy that I guess the, the DC universe is like you know bounce back and stuff like that because it means we'll continue to get movies. Mm-hmm. But you still haven't seen Batman vs Superman, have you? No, I refuse to watch. Have you seen it? No, I haven't. Okay, so two of you guys haven't missed shit. Okay, that movie sucks. Okay, like I, 
fanboys to this day will be like, but you don't understand. It's the story of Superman's plight. And, like, I'm like, look, it sucks, you know? And, like, I have a feeling the Justice League might suck, too, because there's too many cooks in the kitchen, you know what I mean? Like, there's too much shit going on. Sadly, though, the director um, stepped down because his daughter committed suicide, and uh, Josh Whedon stepped in, who did the Avengers. Wow. And to me, I watched the original Avengers recently, and the original Avengers kind of looks like a TV movie. The way it looks, there's no cinematic, like, you know what I mean? I would love to have, like, David Fincher make a superhero movie. I think that'd be, he would never do it. Or Quentin. Like, can you imagine Quentin doing The Flash? That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. The dialogue, you know what I mean? Like, but I heard that uh, Quentin Tarantino's new movie is going to be uh, based on the, the Manson murders. Mm-hmm. You guys excited for that? I'm always interested to see what he puts out. Who do you guys think should play Sharon Tate? I think they were saying Margot Robbie was going to play her. Really? Really? Yeah. Brad Pitt's like an investigator or something like that? Interesting choice, though, for him to do a, you know, historical genre-like piece. But I wonder if he's going to do like what he did in Inglourious Bastards and like... Remember in Glorious Bastards where... You saw it, right? Mm -hmm. When when they blow up Hitler or like they (laughs) fire like... 30 yeah. rounds into him? Yeah. She was good. Okay, talking about female heroes, she was awesome. Oh, Shoshana? Shoshana was awesome. Is that her name? She's like, I want you to see the face. Who burned the Germans down? <laughs> like, that was so good. Not to go back to Wonder Woman, but were they trying to say that this, like, Greek god, Ares, was the one that was responsible for Hitler being bad? That was another thing that I thought was kind of strange, was it was, unlike Tarantino playing around with history it seemed like they were rewriting history and making it seem like all the bad in the world was because of this fictional I'd whisper things into their ears and they would go and build the bombs so does that mean like Hitler's a good man in the Wonder Woman universe and he was just influenced by a Greek god yeah played by a character who we don't even remember yeah the villains too are weak I mean the Lady Death what was her name Dr. Death or whatever with the mask on her face I mean it was a cool look but like Great, like you make poisonous gas, and like that dude that plays the vampire in Thirty Days of Night, which is pretty good in that role. He didn't need to be in this movie. No, everyone thinks he's Ares. Like, oh my god, like you know, it's the big surprise. And there was a lot of jumping around. Let's go into the castle. Let's leave the castle. Let's almost put the sword to this general's head. I mean, that's, but what I, that's what I meant by like dilly dallying, sort of. It yeah. was very just aimless, you know. Yeah. God, are we like the only ones? I, I, everything I read online is like, Wonder Woman. <laughs> yeah, but we love Spider-Man, though. All of us liked it, right? We were entertained. Yeah. We felt, you know. All I know is that it just it seems like it means a lot to to women, uh, Wonder Woman, and I'm not gonna try to like. I know. Pretend. Am I gonna I, lose I my whole understand. female? Well, I'm just <laughs> I, yeah. I'm just saying like I can't I can't pretend to understand what that's what that's like the experience there. Like, it's gotta suck. Well, not it having sucks somebody. If they're forced to praise something that. This might be tricky, but uh, that they're forced to praise something that's potentially mediocre because there's a lack of content for them. And I agree with you on that, Sam. Like, I, I think there there happens to be um, a lot of art that comes out that is um, not under the guise, but that is that is pro cause this or that. And at the end of the day, is the content any good? Does it have to be like? so direct does it have to be like Captain Planet saying that yeah we're all about saving the planet because mm-hmm. that's you know 
we can't forget about good entertainment at the end of the day. You know. Why? Why? Yeah. Why do you guys think that? Like, I just don't understand. Like, why is has it taken so why is like there no Jane McLean? Why is there no Jane Bond? Like you know what I mean? Like why did it take till twenty seventeen for people to realize? But I mean there has been I can't, I don't know like it's weird if you look look back at all like the female heroes where they all like sexualized in a way where it was like they're you know what I mean like it was told from a man's point of view that they're like the lesser you know what I mean? Like I get I mean I what guess was that, what was that show? The Princess Warrior Princess? Zena? Yeah, I never watched that, but I, like she was kick ass, right? Yeah. Game of Thrones is kick ass apparently. For you know, like I don't watch it no more, but I mean, I keep going back to Kill Bill because I, I think he did it in such a way. He that, knew, yeah. That I, I think he 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 does a really good job at um, putting the focus on minorities and women too, mm-hmm. as as his protagonists without um, without being so overt. I mean, except for Django, maybe obviously because that's that's just plain in sight. But still, yeah. he just he's just very good at like. At uh, creating quality content, you know, I think. Mm-hmm. Did you see the Hateful Eight? No, I didn't. Check that out. That's a crazy. It's crazy. He tells the whole story within the cabin, which is it, insane. I'm just saying, like when I think of Kill Bill, I don't like. I don't think that Uma was sex, like really se- hypersexualized at all. Not really, no. right? I love when she. Uh, I forget exactly what she does to him, but the nurse, when she was paralyzed, who would like abuse her. He gets re- she gets revenge on him. Yeah, and then she gets the keys to his car. I took the, into the pussy wagon. The pussy. Wagon. I saw the pussy wagon out there in L.A. once <laughs> on the on the roads in Mulholland Drive. I was like, oh my god, it's Quentin. Well, the thing about Kill Bill Two is they didn't have like a love interest for that True. character. It was just about her revenge and her goal and you know being a strong woman. And I feel like with Wonder Woman, the man. It's like a been. yeah. Like why is like a man crashes up the inciting incident is a man shows up and it, it unlocks her world for her. I don't even though she's empowering as a female character because she's strong. Mm-hmm. I think there's certain story elements that maybe some people didn't pick up on that were more critical towards where it's like a man is the cause of certain reactions. He's the one pulling her out of that island and in the end he's the one that forces her to save us or make the right decision. So the better movie would have been remove Chris Pine from it. She wants to leave the island on her own. She knows that Temescara, whatever the name of the place is, isn't the the only place. There's an outside world and she wants to go do good for herself. Yeah. And it could have even been like mm-hmm. kind of like Truman's show where she's awakening to get off of this mm-hmm. you know, island to go and do her thing, but they're trying to suppress her to keep her there. Or It just seemed like, why does a man have to show up to... Yeah, we're, we're writing this movie right now. We actually stopped writing this this other not the one that we're working on right now, but this other script we've been developing. Like we got to like almost like page seventy five, seventy five minutes of a movie, mm-hmm. and uh, we I just I said to Sam, I was like, you got to start over because like we had that same thing. A man comes, we have a female lead, female hero, but she's influenced by what a man says, and that yeah. shouldn't happen no more. No, it shouldn't. Like Kill Bill, like that's yeah. purely her own ideas. To get revenge on, we need to see more movies like that. Yeah. But I don't think I think you're right. I don't think there is anything like. Kill Atomic Bill. Blonde comes out next month with Charlize. That could be good. Yeah. Yeah, but, but yeah, we don't need no men. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's because less people have seen Kill Bill than Wonder Woman. You know, Wonder yeah. Woman's very you know it's more mainstream, less ultra violent. Um, it also <laughs> gives younger. I guess the young girls pick up on it. On what? When you're like eight years old and you're watching Wonder Woman, are you like, I want to be like Wonder Woman because 
all of her motivations are determined upon this pilot that crash lands there. I don't know. Is that like subconsciously put into their mind, which sucks, you know? Yeah, it could. It, yeah, it could be subconsciously put there. I mean, we we definitely are are you know are, are lovers of of films and music and all that stuff. So we mm-hmm. can analyze to death. But I think you know, for just a mainstream audience, Wonder Woman meant a lot to people, mm-hmm. uh, especially women. Um, but for me, when I watch Kill Bill, just the one thing, you know, without being too analytical, it's just the the raw emotion there. Mm-hmm. Like the guy comes and he 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 almost murders her and her baby, and then she gets revenge. Revenge is like, you know, a real emotion. intense emotion mm-hmm. that you know mm-hmm. that really resonates with uh, with with me. Without you know sounding like I know everything, you know, I think that's it's, it's true. I like, can watch that and just feel that emotion, and it's just like yeah. And maybe that's another thing. Kills the bastard. Like with Wonder Woman, rather than having that human element of revenge or a goal that is relatable, it was like kind of like a martyr kind of goal. Like she has to save the world, and that's all great. But I don't think it's totally relatable or realistic. And then going back to Spider Man, like his goal really wasn't to save the world. It was like he just wants to get the girl, and then he gets her and. There's more strings well, attached, right? I mean, more in the beginning, he just wanted to, like, be active and use his powers. Yeah, and prove himself to himself, I think. Yeah, and that's relatable, too, like, on the same level mm-hmm. of revenge. It wasn't like something happened where Spider-Man felt like he had to save the whole town right away and save the, that yeah. martyr complex. Where mm-hmm. you're what else the, I thought was weird about Wonder Woman is, like, her aunt dies in the beginning, right? Mm-hmm. The one that trains her, puts her in her wing. Yeah. And she didn't, like, really mourn over that. Yeah. yeah, she was like, burn, burn her body. Burn. <laughs> burn that bitch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's just it, leaves. The more I think yeah. about it, like, when I, I guess when we, we first said we were going to do this podcast, it was going to be about Spider-Man, but it's really not become about Spider-Man. It's about how these films still continue to follow an ancient old formula that's blueprinted into our brains that women need men, which is not the case at all. I guess they did succeed at some parts in Wonder Woman, though, where the men were saying, like, no, 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 don't do this, don't do that, and she would just do her own thing. Mm -hmm. So they did do well in that sense. From the woman I talked to about the film, that's that's something that they bring up a lot, too, that really resonated with them. Well, I guess we could, you know, we could chat about this for another hour, but uh, our time is up here on the Bobcast. Um, Look, if you have haven't seen the films we're sorry we ruined both of them for you yeah you know but I imagine the people who are Spoiler listening um, we're gonna leave things off for you today with a, a live version Judah uh, you're gonna play a, a song here <laughs> on the Bobcast just, anything you'd like you don't need a man to <laughs> save you <laughs> with that being said my name's Bob and this has been another episode of <laughs>